Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. You're listening to Take the Reins, a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners. If you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships, both human and equine, this is the spot for you. Through our conversations, you will learn how to become a stronger communicator, leader, and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena. Horses have an awful lot to teach us, yet very little of it actually has to do with horses. They reflect back to you who you are emotionally, physically, and energetically. They are a mirror to your soul, and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become. I can't wait to connect with you, so here we go. Hello, friends. Welcome back to week two of our third season of Take the Reins. I'm so happy to have you here. On today's episode, I want to share a few things with you because I want you to see where I'm leading you this season. Firstly, I'd like to share why I believe the work that we are embarking on together as equestrians is so important, maybe actually the most important for us to do. Secondly, I'd like to do an intro to the book Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess and why I chose to use it as my first reference and recommendation this season. And then lastly, I want to just discuss with you the differences between growing and healing and the supports that you may need to rely on to make your way through both of those. Before we begin, if you haven't listened to my last episode, which is just brief, it's only 10 minutes long. I would love for you to just pause this, go back, listen to that episode, and it'll set you up to be able to know what resources I'm encouraging you to listen to going into this season because this season is about taking action and understanding that awareness is absolutely key, but knowing what to do with that awareness is the door. It is the thing that you need to have to move forward in life. And that is where I'm going to be concentrating over the next few months. So again, if you haven't listened to the last episode, there's some resources and some tools in there that I explained to you in that episode that's going to set you up for success throughout this season of Take the Reins. Okay, so let's start with what this work is and why it is so important. Owning and riding and loving horses is not just about becoming a better rider or getting your horse trained more. It needs to be full spectrum of how you uncover your best self in and out of the arena to give your horse their best life possible with you. You give your horse their best life possible with you when you are coachable, open, reflective, accountable, aware, courageous, loving, empathetic, realistic, and present. Not perfect. Self-discovery and personal growth is about enhancing all aspects of you as a person, your feelings about yourself and how you live, and to try to separate the world of personal development and development as an equestrian is impossible. Our horses deserve us to show up as our best selves. That doesn't mean they need us to show up perfectly, but they do need us to show up authentically. And that means knowing who you are, owning how that affects all others that you communicate with, aware and accountable for the things that hold you back, and with the desire to do better. 
In the past, I've spoken about congruence briefly, but it will be a topic I aim to dive deeper into this season to help you understand what it is, how it affects you and your horses, and how to achieve it and be it through practicing it away from your horses and becoming familiar with how it feels in your body and the result that it has on your communication. There is no perfect place to tell you to start because we are all at different points in our personal growth journey. But I can tell you that your mere desire to do anything in life better means that you're along for this ride with the rest of us. Bridging the gap between self-discovery and horsemanship happens when you begin to see that it is all connected. How you speak to and about yourself and others, the words you use, the stories you tell, the thoughts you think, the values and the beliefs that you hold, your ability to self-regulate, your communication style, all your strengths and challenges affect how you hold your rope, sit in your tack, lead your horse, choose your horse, and treat your horse. Getting to know yourself and then actively choosing to change parts of yourself to better your life is not easy. It requires a level of accountability we often only want to hold others up to, if we're being honest. And it requires changing habits that are so ingrained in us that we mistake them for our personality. And it also takes consistency. There are not any fast tracks or quick fixes. There's just you and your understanding of where you are and where you want to go. That leads me to Dr. Caroline Leaf's book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. Increased self-awareness and reflection is vital in our growth and improving of our communication and relationships. But so many of you have asked, then what? It's amazing to become aware, but that's just the first step. That is where the work truly begins. After years of reading, trainings, classes, and courses, the five-step process in this book describes exactly what I've been personally doing to use my awareness to move me forward rather than to keep me stuck like so many people are experiencing. And I didn't know how to explain it. It felt like trying to explain to someone why I love horses so much. This is actually a question I recently was asked and I totally failed to answer it in any way that felt like it did any justice. I just do. It's in me. Working with my awareness to move myself forward in life was not something I was explicitly taught. I think it actually comes from me being a person who seeks ease at all times. I hate chaos and I've always been someone who uses it to move me to clarity. This book puts into words what I've been feeling and doing and the best part is it uses science to prove that it actually works, which I love. In the book, Dr. Leaf uses the term mind management, and it resonated deeply with me. It describes perfectly what I've been doing my whole life and how it has helped me. In times of excessive pressure in my life where I lost my ability to create ease in both my mind and my body, it resulted in stress, taxed relationships, and mental breakdowns. But it was always mind management that brought me to the other side of it. I'm going to take a moment to read the beginning of chapter two to you so that you can get a better sense of what I'm speaking about. The chapter title is, What is Mind Management and Why Do We Need It? And it starts on page 44 of the soft cover. So here we go. 
More and more of us are struggling with anxiety, intrusive thoughts, depression, fear, and toxic ruminations that cause all sorts of mental health problems. In my work, I meet all kinds of people who can't concentrate, can't remember, are burned out, have strained relationships, and are dealing with many kinds of physical issues. The list goes on and on. So, what's the solution? Should we change our lifestyle? Yes, of course. A healthy lifestyle is important. We should all eat wholesome food, exercise regularly, sleep well and enough, control our stress, limit our screen time, and get outside more, insofar as is possible based on our own unique life circumstances. More and more research is showing how many diseases are lifestyle-related, which includes what we think about. So, what we choose to do and not do can have important consequences for our mental and physical well-being. This is even more pressing now as the decades-long trend of people living longer has been reversed despite the advances we've made in medicine and technology. We really do need to change our lifestyle, and thankfully, there's no shortage of fantastic advice on how to do so that can be found online, in books, from coaches, and in courses. But how do we get from finding good advice to living a good life? How do we go from reading books, blogs, and social media to actually applying what we learn and transforming it into sustainable and impactful life habits? What is the missing piece? Why do so many people put up with the stuff that they don't need to, even with all the great resources out there? Change requires action and application, and both of these are driven by our mind. The state our mind is in affects how it functions, which determines what and how we absorb, apply, and put our thinking into action. Everything we do begins with a thought. If we want to change anything in our lives, we first have to change our thinking, our mind. When we know how to change our mind, we rewire neural networks in the brain that create useful, sustainable, and automatized actions and attitudes, good habits that make us happier and healthier. We get from good advice to a good life with our mind, hence the term mind management. From neuroreductionism to neuroplasticity. I'm a scientist and clinically trained therapist, and my 38 years of clinical work and research have consistently shown me that knowledge of correct, simple, and practical mind management is the first step to getting anything done. Thinking, feeling, and choosing, also known as our mind in action, precedes all communication. All we say and do is always preceded by a thought. The process is so logical that we hardly think about it, but it's worth taking the time to do so. It's so obvious that we miss it because we're looking for some elusive complex key. Our mind is staring us in the face, and mind management is therefore a critical skill we need to learn. As I will show you in this book, if our mind isn't managed, everything downstream will be chaos. A mental mess produces a messy life. Unfortunately, in our era, we have focused so much on the biology of the brain that we have forgotten about the mind. Perhaps you didn't even know they were two different things. 
Indeed, if you just read a handful of neuroscientific articles at random, you would think we're pre-programmed mechanical brains walking around and occasionally malfunctioning. Yes, this is a caricature, but it isn't far from the truth. Many professionals and researchers pay attention only to the symptoms of how someone feels, not why they feel, because it's a lot easier to deal with one-dimensional symptoms than multi-dimensional causes, especially as visits to the doctor become shorter and prescribing a pill becomes easier. Even people in the medical system complain how bad it has become. Despite their vast medical knowledge, they are suffering from high rates of mental health issues themselves because they do not understand the mind and how to deal with it. It is estimated that one doctor in the United States commits suicide every day. This is one of the main reasons I train physicians on the importance of the mind, correct mind management, how to manage their mental health, and how to help their patients with mental health issues. Thankfully, there are signs that things are changing. More and more people are beginning to recognize that there's more to self-transformation than a pill or a program. Sustainable and attainable change means getting your mind in order first, not waiting for that job promotion, losing that weight, or going to that exercise class four times a week. It all starts in the mind. Every moment of managing your mind is selective. It's just as easy to generate negative changes as it is to generate positive changes in the brain. This is called the plastic paradox. The ability of the brain to change or neuroplasticity can occur in a good or bad direction. The point is that your brain is always changing. The mind is the force that drives neuroplasticity. This is why I say the mind changes the brain and also why we need to take control of the process like a sailor mastering the wind or we will be blown any which way. This book will teach you how to be a neuroplastician or in other words, to become your own mind surgeon, but without all the blood. I'll explain the difference between the mind and the brain, what a thought is and how we build thoughts with our mind, how we control our thoughts with our mind, and how we detox our mind and brain using our mind. You can learn a simple but highly effective and scientific mind management plan, the NeuroCycle, to control the everyday crazy in your life because let's face it, life is a little crazy sometimes. Learning the skill of mind management will help you truly change your lifestyle, determine your story, navigate any mental or physical obstacles you face, and help those around you who may be struggling as well. Mind in action. How we react and respond to various life situations and the world around us is called mind in action. The mind in action is how you uniquely think, feel, and choose. This changes the way our brain functions, our biochemistry, and the genes associated with mental and physical health, which is why mind management is essential and a skill to be learned. You, with your mind that is always in action, are the change agent. Correct mind management means responding in a way that builds healthy neural networks rather than simply reacting and building toxic neural networks. You can be a first responder in every and all situations. 
We all have to learn how to catch and edit our thoughts and reactions before they trigger toxic chain reactions and become ingrained neural networks, aka bad habits. We also have to learn how to embrace, process, and reconceptualize thoughts that have already become immersed in the networks of our minds as trauma and negative thinking patterns. This is a lifelong journey, a lifestyle, and one that's well worth the effort. Just like cleaning your home, washing the car, bathing the dog, or brushing your teeth, a little bit of daily work goes a long way toward helping you feel clean, refreshed, and healthy. And now is the time to do this. When I started my research back in the 80s, many people thought the brain couldn't change. If something was wrong, you were just taught to compensate. When I began investigating how deliberate and intentional mind-directed thinking could change behaviors, many of my peers called my ideas ridiculous until I started publishing my results. In one area of my research, I found that if someone had a language, communication, intellectual, or social disability from a trauma or traumatic brain injury, TBI, they could improve their cognitive, intellectual, and social functioning by 35 to 75% through directed and deliberate deep thinking techniques. That's why I've spent my career trying to understand the mind and developing different ways of using the mind to learn new information, build memory, and manage emotions and mental health. Okay, guys, it's me again. I just finished that reading on page 48. I'm actually going to skip us forward for a second to page 50. And I just want to read this last little bit to you talking about Dr. Leaf's five-step neurocycle. Now, again, this is a complete introduction, but it at least will give you a sense. And I think that if you know me, if you've been listening to this podcast, you probably can see why I feel this is so important when it comes to working with our horses. Okay, back into the reading, page 50, bottom of page 50, the five-step neurocycle. Good mind management skills can take you beyond healthy but short-lived mindfulness practices such as meditation, which help in the moment to calm and prepare the brain but often don't address the main issues behind your thinking. Meditation may bring awareness, but what do you do with that awareness? Awareness not managed correctly can do more harm than good. In fact, my research, which I describe in upcoming chapters, shows that awareness without management skills or techniques adversely affects our mental and physical health. When you start understanding how your mind works and how to use the mind management neurocycle to address this awareness and change your brain, you create sustainable changes by affecting the root of your issues rather than just their symptoms. You move beyond a fate versus me sense of reality. You recognize that life can be tough and bad things happen, but you have built the scaffolding needed to maintain your grounding amid the storm. This doesn't mean we won't get upset, angry, unhappy, or irritated. We all take some weathering, but we can know how to deal with these emotions and feelings when we experience them in a scientific way that will actually change the brain and increase our resilience. That's how these things don't throw us out of joint for days or even weeks, and that's how they don't take over our life. Let me give you an example. This is an example of relationships, but the same five steps that can be used in any circumstance or situation. Say you're treated really badly by someone you trust. 
Now, the old you would have immediately sent some nasty texts, perhaps a few good riddance one-liners, and then cried and swore at any living thing that crossed your path. But the new, mind-managed, quantum superhero you instead goes immediately through the different phases of mind management. The five steps of the NeuroCycle method we will discuss in depth in part two of this book. First, you prep that amazing brain of yours, and this is where mindfulness, meditation, breath work, tapping, and so on are essential. You can do some breath work, my favorite because of the scientific base and effectiveness is the Wim Hof method, or something similar. This is a simple, mind-driven action that prepares your mind and optimizes your brain and body, allowing you to calm down enough to react in the most favorable way. Next, you go beyond the mindfulness your preparation has created into directed neuroplasticity through five steps. Step one, gather. Two, reflect. Three, write. Four, recheck. And five, active reach. So that's just a portion of chapter two and a pretty good taste of cleaning up your mental mess. And I hope that you can start to see where I'm going with this. And I will be making connections to how this impacts your horses. But I do think that if you've been with me for this long, we're in season three. And if you've kind of gone through this process with me of creating this podcast and really wrapping our head around self-growth, personal growth and discovery and connecting or bridging the gaps between that and our horsemanship, you can see why I'm so drawn to this book and sharing it with equestrians who are looking to better themselves and their communication with their horses. All right, so lastly, I want to briefly touch on the difference between growth and healing. When I think of growth, I think of it as becoming aware, reflecting, and actively choosing differently. Sometimes along our growth journey, we find areas in us that need some deeper healing. Healing is less about choosing and more about awareness, acceptance, and releasing in order to choose differently. Both growth and healing may require some external support. Coaches like myself can be a wonderful form of support for growth and can direct you to begin to use some self-healing tools. However, deep healing of mental, emotional, and physical trauma is what we should seek professional support such as a therapist for. Along your path of self-discovery, you may find areas you feel comfortable working through on your own. There may be other areas you feel inclined to work through with a coach who can help you keep on track, and then there may be times where you will need the help of someone who is trained to work with you through the heavy, hard hitters that are affecting how you're showing up in the world. Sometimes it's hard to know what you truly need in terms of support, and there's not one set of rules that applies to everyone. What you need in terms of support on your personal growth path is as individual as you are. Choosing the level of support that's right for you is very similar, actually, to choosing the level of support that's right for you when it comes to your horsemanship. So I kind of picture the level of supports that you have to choose from for yourself very similar to that of the equestrian looking to advance their horsemanship. The support you require depends on your values, your beliefs, your skills, and your desires. 
There are many people who work at home along with their horses. They work through challenges and learn based on their own feel and personal understanding. There are others who take weekly or otherwise scheduled riding lessons, and then others yet who send their horses away to a trainer. The people who choose these varying options are all at different levels from beginner to advanced and make their choices based on many variables such as finances, proximity, personal comfort, opportunity, and goals. Your personal growth journey is as unique as your equestrian journey and what is right and needed for another may not be what is right and needed for you. The most important thing in choosing is to listen to yourself. What are you drawn to and listen for your why? That is where your answers are. This is foundational work, guys. This is what we're teaching our horses to do. We're teaching our horses how to think and how to look for answers when we're doing things like groundwork or obstacle training with our horses. And it is not fair of us to ask these things of our horses, but then refuse to dive into it ourselves because it's hard. We teach our horses how to do hard things. And I want you to know that you're capable of doing it as well. You just need to lay that foundation. And that's what makes me so excited about the journey that you and I are on together. It's realizing and learning that foundation so that when things start falling apart and life gets messy because it will, you have something to go back to and you have faith and understanding that you are able to work through it because you have the education to do so. You have the habits to do so. It's oh, it's such good work, guys. I am so glad you listened today. Thank you for tuning in, and I will speak to you next week on Take the Reins. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to NikkiPorter.ca. Thanks again for listening, and we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind.